Hi, I'm Alan Gabowski here at RWCS 2019. I just finished giving a talk on the legal and regulatory aspects of the clinical use of biosimilars in the United States. I was talking about the BPCIA or Biologics Price Act of 2009, which was the genesis for the development of biosimilars, and the fact that biosimilars were designed to decrease cost and increase access to patients with rheumatoid arthritis and other inflammatory conditions. I was also discussing the regulatory challenges in terms of extrapolation, interchangeability, switching, and more important, non-medical switching that occurs or would like to occur here in the United States. For more information, go to roomnow.com. Hi, I'm Alvin Wells. I'm here at the 2019 RWCS in Maui, Hawaii. This week I highlighted a review on several different topics, focusing on osteoarthritis and vasculitis. And one of the takeaway messages I'll give to you is that for osteoarthritis, the data shows that we should not use hydroxychloroquine, that using anti-TNF drugs such as etanercept do not also give you significant clinical benefit. And we've also reviewed what the FDA looks for when they're highlighting new therapies for treating the people with osteoarthritis, not only improvement in function and pain, but also preventing uh, total knee replacements. In regards to vasculitis, there's new data coming out by using a, an IL-5 blocker, uh, mepilizumab, which is very, very effective in people with eosinophilic uh, polygranulomatosis, uh, and also showing some data about what do we do for newer drugs in patients who have ankle-associated vasculitis. So can we use rituximab? Can we use azathioprine or mycophenolate? These are very exciting topics, and I think they're very relevant to you who are in the daily practice. For more information, I invite you to go to the room now live. Hi, I'm Ann Stevens from Seattle, Washington, here at the Rheumatology Winter Clinical Symposium in Maui. I just gave a talk about the immunology of fibrosis. It's very important for us to understand as rheumatologists what the mechanisms of fibrosis are because there are a bunch of really, really interesting new drug agents that may target these mechanisms. We talked about the induction of fibrosis which is uh, triggered by damage to endothelial and epithelial cells, about the inflammatory response which includes innate and adaptive immunity and then the fibrotic response, which is due to activation of myofibroblasts. Fibrosis occurs in a normal healing response, but in the case of a chronic fibrotic disease like systemic sclerosis or idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, this process does not turn off properly, in part because myofibroblasts do not undergo normal apoptosis and de-differentiation into, into normal fibroblasts and they continue to produce this extracellular matrix components. But we have some new agents that, um, that may be able to interact with different stages of fibrosis, including each of those stages I just mentioned, and then some old agents like tocilizumab, which interferes with IL-6 um, function, which um, it's, it, may, it may help to regulate these fibrotic cells. Finally, the exciting new frontier of this, of this field is um, stem cell therapy, which um, 
is being trialed in localized scleroderma disease and systemic sclerosis. There are a couple of companies now that are developing um, adipose-derived regenerative stem cell therapies um, that may be the promise for long-term um, treatment and remission of these diseases in the future. For more information, please go to roomnow.com. Thank you. I want to see your shoes. <laughs> Ta-da! New shoes! <laughs>
really a need to engage rheumatologists in the evaluation and management of these patients, highlighting different clinical scenarios, autoimmune serologies, CT features, lung biopsy features that may suspect or lead us to believe the patient has an autoimmune form of ILD, and recognizing that these patients need thorough evaluation and that we have a lot to learn about how to better manage them. Currently, we use immunosuppressive therapies, but we need more clinical trials and more data to guide how we approach treatment in the, par in the care of these patients. To learn more, take a look at roomnow.com. Hi, this is Eric Ruderman. I'm here at RWCS 2019. Uh, while here this week, I gave a talk on what's new in axial spondyloarthritis. It was actually a very busy year in a number of areas, but particularly in the number of new clinical trials we saw this year. We saw the first long-term trial in non-radiographic axial spondyloarthritis for, with sertolizumab, comparing sertolizumab to placebo over an entire year and demonstrating efficacy of sertolizumab. We'll see if that persuades the FDA uh, to approve this drug for non-radiographic axial spondyloarthritis, the first drug that would be approved for that particular indication. We also saw new trials with an IL-17 inhibitor, ixekizumab, in so-called radiographic axial spondyloarthritis, or what's basically ankylosing spondylitis, in both patients who were TNF-naive and TNF failures, and the drug was effective in both populations of patients. And then we saw two early trials this year in two novel drugs. One was bemakizumab, an antibody that blocks both IL-17A and IL-17F, which was effective in axial spinal arthritis in an um, uh, early population in a phase two trial. We'll see if that pans out in later trials. And we saw the first data with a JAK inhibitor with filgotinib uh, that was uh, convincingly effective in a phase two trial in ankylosing spondylitis. Uh, those were the trial data. One last thing we saw this year that I thought was very interesting uh, was an abstract from Germany that looked at a mechanism for driving patients with possible axial spinal arthritis to the rheumatologist's office. They actually used a, a series of posters on the subway uh, that drove people to a website to see if they had symptoms that might be consistent with axial spinal arthritis. They then tracked those people down when they went into the rheumatologist and 20% of them turned out to have axial spinal arthritis. It was a pretty good yield uh, for a direct-to-consumer advertising program. Uh, look for more information on these and other topics on Room Now.